Well, with all this uh, talking about sheep and shepherd, I thought I would check this past week and see if there were any sheep in the news. I don't think I've ever done that before, but I decided to search for articles about sheep. So I went to my trusty computer and put it in. I ran across a couple of articles I wanted to share with you today. This first headline is from the Telegraph. The Telegraph is a newspaper in the, in the UK. And here's the headline. Flock of sheep burst into flames after gas leak in Jordan. Uh, it says the explosion of an underground methane gas leak in a remote area of northern Jordan sparked rumors of an impending volcanic eruption causing panic across the desert kingdom. A shepherd said he saw his flock, quote, burned and completely disappear, end quote, after he let them wander into a rocky depression to search for grass. The incident set off a frenzy of speculation at the weekend that Jordan now had its own volcano or that a massive earthquake was imminent. Government experts dispatched to the burned region of uh, Um Gaza on the outskirts of the city of Salt revealed that a nearby waste treatment plant had saturated the soil with methane gas and organic materials. The underground fire erupted when some local residents set fire to dry grass in the vicinity and the spark spread, said Bajat Edwin, president of the Jordanian Geologist, uh, Geolog- Geologist Association. Can't get it out. The phenomenon is strange, but there's no need to panic because no volcanic eruption or earthquake movement was detected. Holes were dug in the area to release the trapped gas, and the area was flooded to neutralize the problem. Now, I'm sorry. Maybe you're not like me, but I'm warped at times. And when I saw that, I would love to see that shepherd's face, wouldn't you? <laughs> Boom! And all of a sudden, all the sheep uh, just go up in flames. Uh, now some of you are awake after that boom, aren't you? Can you imagine? Well, here's another one. Fox News released this story uh, August 11th of this year. Uh, speeding Macedonian driver plows through flock of sheep, killing at least 30 car destroyed uh, Macedonia Associated Press. A speeding driver was killed, uh, killed almost an entire flock of sheep, fatally injuring at least 30 as they crossed a highway in eastern Macedonia. Uh, Shepherd Dijanko, uh, another big word here, Mihajlovsky said blood was spattered across the highway after the driver ran through the sheep at 100 kilometers or 62 miles per hour. Police said the driver, a 53-year-old, identified only as BG, wasn't hurt, but his car was destroyed. Police said 30 sheep were killed, uh, but the shepherd told Channel 5 TV that 37 of his animals died. And local media estimated their value at uh, our equivalent of $4,555. Police said they were investigating and BG could be charged for speeding in an area where the limit is 50 kilometers per hour. And the shepherd might face charges for having sheep on a highway. Now, those two stories reminded me of something, and that's this. The world is a dangerous place for sheep. Uh, It is. Sheep are very vulnerable. Uh, They need a shepherd to care for them, to provide for them, to guide them. And believers, we're likened to sheep in God's word. And beloved, there are many dangers in our world for us. We, too, need a loving shepherd, a loving, leading shepherd to guide, provide and protect us. And as Christians, thank God we have one. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. 
He'll never lead us to be destroyed on the highways of life, for he's ever actively shepherding us home. And during this special time of the year, if you're just joining us maybe for the first time today, we're spending this time between Thanksgiving and Christmas thinking about (laughs) gifts from our shepherd. And we're unwrapping these gifts from a very familiar passage, Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Uh, The first gift we unwrap was found in verse number one. It was the gift of peace. Then last week in uh, verse two, we unwrapped the gift of rest. But thanks be to God, we're not through. Uh, Like an eager child on Christmas morning, I hope we're ready to, to unwrap another gift today. And I want you to pull out that gift that's labeled Psalm 23, 3. And if you're a believer today, I want you to go ahead and wrap that gift. And we find it there where it says, He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Beloved, this is the gift of guidance. The gift of guidance. Now, how is it that a believer experiences guidance in their life? Now, we all need guidance, right? We don't like to admit it. Uh, We don't like to say, yes, we want some guidance, but it's true. Life is full of choices. Life is full of decisions and paths that we could take and we need guidance. Now, we don't usually sweat the small decisions. I hope nobody here today uh, agonized over what kind of outfit you were going to wear or what color, whatever, or what you're going to have for breakfast. Maybe some did. But listen, what about the big decisions of life? What about your career Uh, for some of the younger people? What college should you attend? What career? Uh, Who should you marry? Uh, Should you go to graduate school or not? What should you do about your wayward child? Should you buy that home or wait for another one? Should you sell your home and move? Should you stay at your current job or move on to a new job? Should you... You probably finished the sentence. Something came up in your heart and your mind, some decision you're facing. You need guidance. In reality, you need the shepherd. You need the shepherd. Paul Powell said very wisely, like sheep, we need guidance. We often come to crossroads in our lives and don't know where to turn or what to do. Fear of making the wrong decision paralyzes many people. They want to know right and to do right, but they're unsure of themselves. The result is that counselors and advisors and gurus do a landslide business. In seeking counsel and advice, we must not overlook the shepherd. Why is that, beloved? Why is it, Christian, that when we're looking for counsel and guidance, why do we wait to the very end to turn to the Lord? We look everywhere else and ask everybody else and read and hunt and search instead of getting on our knees and crying out, Oh, God, give me guidance. Give me wisdom. I need your shepherding in this. Now, listen, if you're going to be guided by the shepherd, if you're going to be guided by the shepherd, you must first be in his flock. Mark that down. You've got to be in his flock. Isaiah 53, 6. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord have laid on him the iniquity of us all. The Lord Jesus says in John 10, 15 and 16, As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. 
and other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. To be in his flock, you must receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. These gifts we're unwrapping week in and week out are for the Lord's sheep. If you ever hope to have guidance, his guidance, you must first have him. For when you have him, you have everything else. Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And when you have him, you have his guidance. John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. John 10, 3 and 4, to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. You want a blessing this morning, beloved? Christian, do you want a blessing? Think about this. Jesus knows your name. Hallelujah. He knows my name. He's my shepherd. He calls me by my name and he leads me out. And I know his voice and I follow him. I invite you today, friend. If you're not in the flock, if you never come to the shepherd to come today, come today, repent of your sin and take him by faith. And become one of his flock. Now, when that is settled. And we need that guidance. How does our loving shepherd guide us? Well, I think Psalm 23 tells us how. First of all, notice the first uh, four words there of Psalm 23, 3. He restoreth my soul. See, one of the ways that the shepherd guides us is by seeking us when we stray. By seeking us when we stray. He restoreth my soul. We can emphasize each one of those words. They're full of meaning. He, that is the Lord, the shepherd. He restoreth my soul. Now, what does that word restoreth mean? Very interesting. Listen to the dictionary of biblical languages. Here's what it says it means. Here's some definitions. To return. To make a linear motion back to a point previously departed. To bring back, return, be returned, turn, turn around, restore, be recovered, change your behavior, do again, turn away from, turn back. What's he saying there? Sheep, they like to wander off. And the shepherd restores them. He brings them back. He turns them around. He brings them back to where they were. Now, we're a lot like sheep. Sheep like to wander off. There may be homing pigeons, but there are no homing sheep. When a sheep wanders off, the shepherd must go and find that sheep and bring them back. And as believers, as sheep in the Lord's flock, we sometimes wander. We sometimes look in the pasture over yonder and say, man, that grass looks a lot better when I'm eating here. And we wander over there. We get into stuff that's not good for us. Let's just be honest. We sin. We miss the mark. We go against God's command, God's word, God's will. So what does our loving shepherd do when we wander off, when we sin? He seeks us. He seeks us when we stray. He restores us. He restoreth our souls. He brings back. He turns back. He turns us around. He restoreth my soul. He didn't just let us live in our sin. I'm so thankful for that. Praise God. But you know what? Sometimes we get 
wandering off because of sin. But other times we wander off because we're looking for something and it takes our attention away from our shepherd. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but we kind of wander over there towards that looking for satisfaction, looking for what we should be finding in our shepherd. In other words, we get busy with the gifts of life. Oh, I love the gifts of life. And we forget the giver. And sometimes when we wander off in that regard, we're there. Many even realize we've wandered off. The shepherd comes and turns our attention back to him. And he brings us back. He provides loving guidance. Now, how does he do this? Practically, how does he do this? Well, I think there's several ways here. Number one, he does it through his word. How does he seek us when we stray? He does it through his word. Psalm 19, 7. I'm going to give you several references. Jot them down. Listen. Psalm 19, 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Listen to 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. For instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Through his word, he seeks you when you stray. It might be a sermon that you hear. It might be a Sunday school lesson. It might be your own personal Bible reading. It might be a, a, a radio message you hear. It might be a television. But somewhere, somehow, the word of God invades your life. And God, the Holy Spirit, takes his word and begins to show you, listen, you are not on course. You have wandered off. You have strayed. And the loving shepherd comes to bring you back to where you need to be. He seeks us when we stray through his word. Secondly, he seeks us when we stray through his people, through his people. Listen to Galatians 6, 1. Brethren, so he's writing to believers, brethren. If a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, uh, listen, restore such a one. How? In a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest also you be tempted. Listen to James 5, 19 and 20. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul. From death and cover a multitude of sins through his people. God will use other believers in your life at times to bring you back to where you need to be. Do you remember the story of David and Bathsheba? A sad time in David's life. We don't have time to go into the, all of the passage. You can read about it in 2 Samuel 12. But David thought he covered his sin and covered his tracks. But he was miserable as all get out. And God sends Nathan the prophet. And he sends Nathan the prophet and he uses a story. Remember the story about a little lamb talking about sheep and lamb and shepherd. Here's the story. Second Samuel 12. He said there were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb, which he had brought and nourished. And it grew up together with him and with his children. It ate his own food, drank his own cup and lay in his bosom. And it was like a daughter to him. And a traveler came, you know, the story says, you know what? I'm not going to take one of my own sheep. I'm going to take the poor man's lamb prepared for the man who's come to him. And the Bible says in verse five of that passage, David's anger was greatly aroused against the man. He said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this shall surely die. 
If you drop down to verse 7, Nathan says to David, You are the man. You are the man. And David is stopped in his tracks. Listen, don't despise a brother or sister in Christ who reaches out in love to you to try to help you when you've strayed from the shepherd. Through his word, through his people, and then sometimes, thirdly, he seeks us when we stray through his chastening. Jot this reference down, Hebrews 12, 5 through 7. Hebrews 12, 5 through 7 says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son... Do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you're rebuked by him. For whom, listen, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? Just as you discipline your children, you correct your children out of love. Our loving Heavenly Father, our loving Shepherd does the same toward us. I read that sometimes the Shepherd will have a stubborn sheep in his flock. <laughs> Any stubborn sheep here today? But anyway, he have a stubborn sheep in his, his flock and he keeps wandering off and wandering off and wandering off. And so finally the Shepherd takes drastic action. The shepherd goes to that sheep and breaks one of its legs. He says, oh, it's horrible. Now, listen. He doesn't break it out of frustration and anger. He breaks it out of love. Then he'll splint that leg and he'll keep that sheep. Guess where he keeps him? With him. He might have to help it along. He takes care of that sheep. And as that leg heals and that sheep gets to themselves again, guess what? It stays with the flock. It stays close to the shepherd. Sometimes our loving shepherd has to do the same thing with us. He has to allow things to come into our lives to get our attention. To get us turned back, to restore us to where we need to be. And he doesn't do it out of anger. He does it out of love. Now listen, I want to warn you. When something goes wrong in your life, don't all, it's not always the case. Or something else in somebody else's life. You hear something today. Oh, something happened. Whoa, what have they been doing? That's not always the case. But sometimes the case is this. God has to bring things in our lives to get our attention. To get us to stay close to our shepherd. Just like you do things to bring your children's attention. To get them back on the straight and narrow way. God guides us. Our shepherd guides us by seeking us when we stray. And he does that by using his word and his people and his chastening. Now, there's a second way he guides us. This is in Psalm 23, 3 as well. Look at the next part. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. We've got to hurry here, but listen. The second way we find he leads us here is by guiding us in his way. By seeking us when we stray and by guiding us in his way. Notice it says, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, I read that sheep have poor eyesight. I read that sheep can't see uh, more than 15 yards ahead of them. Now, I don't know who, which eye doctor does these tests on these sheep. 
I remember growing up, you hear, you know, deer are colorblind. Y'all ever heard that? Deer are colorblind? Because you wear these orange vests. And I don't, who does these tests? But anyway, go with it, okay? Sheep have poor eyesight. Uh, they can't see down the road. They have to be led. They can't see way down the road. They have to be led. Listen, we're like sheep, aren't we? We don't know what's coming tomorrow, but we know who holds tomorrow. We don't know what's coming in our lives. We know who holds our lives. We don't know what we're going to face, but we know who we can face it with and through. I want to know about tomorrow. Don't you? I want to know what's coming. God says, no, my child, you just follow me today. You trust me today. I paraphrase that part like this. He leads on his path for his sake. He leads on his path for his sake. It's all about him. Paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Our mission statement here at Red Hill, the very first item on it is glorify God. Why? Because that's what it's all about. Everything here is about him and his glory. You read about in Sunday school this morning and learned about the fact that we sometimes focus on ourselves and focus on the wrong things. Our focus must be upon him and what he desires. It's for his name's sake. He does the leading. He leadeth me. He leadeth me. In the paths of righteousness, that is right paths, godly paths, and he leads me for his glory, that is for his name's sake. Warren Wiersbe, the great Bible teacher, pointed out that the paths there, it literally means well-worn paths or ruts. He said, what does that mean? What does that mean to us? Well, it means this, I think. In other words, it's the same path others have taken before us. Paths of righteousness, godly paths. We like to stray and get out of those paths. Don't we? we like to wander off that we just talked about, but we stay in those well-worn paths. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. I couldn't help but think about this passage. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He does the leading. We keep our eyes on the shepherd. We trust the shepherd. We walk in the shepherd's path for the shepherd's glory. It's all about the shepherd. Thank God for the gifts, but even greater, thank God for the giver of the gifts. Now, how does he guide us in these paths? I jotted down five or six things here, just maybe more. Uh, we'll go through them quickly. Through His Word. We talked about that when we stray. It's also the same when we're in the right way. He guides us through His Word. It might be a sermon. It might be a message. It might be a devotional thought or whatever. It might be personal reading through His Word. Secondly, I think through prayer. As you take those needs to the Lord and you pray over them and you take them to God and you lay them out before him and you surrender yourself to do his will through prayer. Third, I believe through godly counsel, through godly counsel. Look, look, we're looking all over the place for counsel. Go to godly people, people that love the Lord, love his word and ask them for help through godly counsel. Fourth, through his Holy Spirit, the indwelling Holy Spirit is he. Brings about guidance and inward impressions in our lives to guide us in the way. I think fifth, through outward circumstances. Through outward circumstances. These things working together. You know, there's some things that you might think that this is God's will, but listen, that door may close. Just as I think about Paul wanting to go certain places and God would 
redirect his paths as he sought to spread the gospel. And then I think sixth, uh, I hadn't thought about this one much before, but I added to my list through spiritual giftings, through spiritual giftings. Um, how God has equipped you spiritually to minister. Those are five or six ways. Here's the real question. Though. Do you want the will of God for your life? I asked you earlier if you wanted the will of God basically for your children's lives. In other words, if it's God's will for them to be a missionary, to leave you and go away for three or four years and see him once in a while. Are you OK with that? Do you want God's will for your life? Do you really want it? You know, if you want to know it, to do it, I believe God will guide you in a wonderful, clear way. But listen, if you want to know God's will so you can consider it, that's a mistake. Why should God reveal that to you? Just to take it under consideration. Well, God, you let me know what you want me to do and I'll, I'll think about it. I'll, I'll pray about it and, and I'll get back with you. Listen, we don't vote on the will of God. We don't vote on the word of God. Forever, O Lord, is your word settled in heaven. God's will and God's way is perfect. We don't vote on it. We don't negotiate. We don't just, you know, talk about it. We do it. We obey. I ask you, do you want God's guidance? You say, well, it depends on where he's guiding. Listen, you don't want God's guidance then. His way is perfect. He's your loving shepherd. He's guiding you in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Our responsibility, trust and obey. He's my shepherd. Lord, I trust you. I trust you. Maybe it looks like it's... Some rough paths. We're going to see that later on. Talks about going through the valley of the shadow of death and all that. But I'm, I'm following my shepherd. I trust him. Do you want to know the will of God for your life? Are you ready to do it? Listen. The gift of guidance is an awesome, wonderful gift. We don't have to worry. We don't have to fret. We don't have to get lost. Because our loving shepherds out before us calling us by our name, saying, follow me, follow me, follow me. I understand in Cary, North Carolina, there's a flock of sheep searching for a home. There are nine of these sheep. And believe it or not, each one of these sheep weighs over 200 pounds. And together they cost a little over twenty thousand dollars. They were supposed to live in Bartley Community Park, a new 51-acre park. But here's what happened, as we can well relate to, right? The economy caused that park to be put on hold indefinitely. In other words, they ain't getting the park. Forgive my grammar. Well, the article I was reading talked about these sheep and said they'd probably end up in another park or around the town hall campus downtown, these nine sheep. But don't worry, beloved, because these sheep... They're made out of concrete. They're pieces of art. They won't wander off no matter where you put them because they're just a piece of art made out of concrete. But you know what? We're not pieces of art. We're not made out of concrete. We live in a hostile world full of dangers that could destroy our lives. And unlike those concrete sheep, we like to wander off and go exploring, and we like to get off the path. We don't need a stand that holds fine art to be admired. We need a shepherd that holds our hand 
and guides us through this life. He gives us the gift of guidance. Stephen Davy wrote a little poem. Oh, the uncertainty we often face on seeing futures fast approaching pace and pointed questions round us heard. We stop to wonder, is the Lord still our shepherd? So hard to trust, so hard to rest. We often feel we know what's best, though God ordained the sun to burn. Yet when things go wrong, from him we turn and wonder, is the Lord still our shepherd? Unanswered questions, the stillness of time. God who seems distance our lives out of rhyme. Oh, that his voice would be heard. Some small audible word. How easy to wonder, is the Lord still our shepherd? The psalmist could trust and yes, he could rest. For the shepherd he knew could lead him the best. And we, like the psalmist, are part of that band led by a gentle nail-pierced hand. So why should we worry at questions we face and futures fast oncoming pace when our father has promised each step of the way to guide us and always beside us to stay? So ne'er need we wonder, for the Lord is our shepherd. Is he your shepherd, friend? Do you know him? Does he know you? Does he know you, friend, as a part of his flock? If not, come today. And then if you're part of the flock, have you strayed? Listen, he's calling to you today. He wants you to return, to be restored. Would you come today? And then, will you continue to follow? Maybe you're facing an awesome major decision in life. Will you cry out for the shepherd's guidance? I don't know about you, but I love this gift. The gift of his guidance. The Lord is my shepherd. Is it yours? Are you following him? Will you follow him in the days to come? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the shepherd's care. Father, I pray right now, if anyone here in this building does not know Jesus as their Savior, I pray this moment, the Holy Spirit convict them And bring them to the point where they cry out for forgiveness and cleansing. To be made a child of God. I pray for Christians who this morning have strayed. They're here. They're resisting. They're hardening their heart. They're miserable. Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit to break through their hardened hearts. And bring them back into fellowship with you. And then I pray, Lord, for those who are here. Who are making some big decisions. Seeking counsel. Lord, I pray today. If they know you, I pray today. They'll come and say, guide me, O loving shepherd. Give me wisdom. Help us, Lord, to want to know your will because we're ready to do your will. May we never take it under consideration or a vote. May we always simply trust and obey. Thank you for your guidance. Thank you for your care. Thank you for your love. This world is dangerous, oh God. But thank you that you've overcome this world. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Bless this invitation time, I pray. In the holy and precious name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen and amen. Our closing hymn this morning is number 52. He leadeth me, O blessed thought.
By his own hand, he leadeth me. His faithful follower, I would be, for by his hand, he leadeth me. If you need to come today, I invite you to come and sing. 52, let's stand and sing. The altar's open. You come, 52. Thank you.